second part of this, uh, what I'm hoping is helpful for us to understand that we can get more from the Word of God when we read it and when uh, we can get more out of our ministries as we preach the Word of God. Because that's what preaching is, preaching the message of the Word of God. I want to carry on with that. And I hope that you... Uh, well, let me ask you a little question, maybe. Since you heard that first part of that, this little two-part series, what has happened in your life since you heard that? What took place in your life while you heard that? What took place through the week, if it's taken a week before you hear it again? What's taking place every day when you read the Word of God? See, if you only gather information, you'll soon dry up. You'll grow cold. You'll wither. You'll find fault. You'll start to criticize badly. And eventually you'll leave your church. If you only take notes of what's being preached, or even when you in your devotions make some notes of certain things and have a journal, you're laying up, all you're doing is accumulating information. And unless you take those notes and get before God and let God bring you a revelation, which will bring about impartation and transformation which results in participation which we want to speak about today it's going to be just very disheartening for you and you may be disciplined enough to carry on and do those things and go to the meetings or read your bible but if the truth is known in your depth of your heart you're going to say i really have to be honest and say i'm disappointed i'm not changing I don't seem to be fruitful for God the way God wants me to be. So remember this, your life is a field. And God's assigned a field to you. If you read 2 Corinthians chapter, I think it's chapter 10, um, or chapter 4, verse 10, God's a, he's assigned a field for you. He's assigned a field for your church. And God provides us with seed and opportunities all the way through our lives, every day opportunities to sow for him he provides the necessary seed so let's get back now to where this impartation thing if you just go back to Romans chapter 12 and we're going to pick up after we've said I beseech you therefore brethren by the mercies of God that you present your bodies a living sacrifice holy acceptable unto your God unto God which is your reasonable act of worship that you may prove what is a good acceptable and pleasing um, will of God we read on now and it says in verse 3, For by the grace given me, everything's grace, but grace carries responsibility. And the word responsibility, the first part of it is response. So by the grace given me, I say to every one of you, now this is in the context of us together, the church, do not think of yourselves more highly than you ought. He's really saying, even to you as preachers, or to those of you who are further along the road in Christ, keep humble. Don't start strutting your stuff. Don't think highly, more highly of yourself than you ought to. That's what he said. Do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, 
but rather think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the measure of faith God has given you. Stop and think about the measure of faith that God has given you. How much faith has God genuinely been able to impart in your life? And then he goes on and he says, now, this is beautiful to me. Just as each of us has one body with many members. I'll stop there for a moment. Here I am. One body. So many members that make up this body. I've got hair. I've got a head. I've got a brain. I've got ears. I've got a mouth. I've got a tongue. Eyes to see. Nose to breathe. Teeth to chew with. A neck. Lungs. Chest. Shoulders. Arms. Hands. Fingers. Legs. Lots of stuff you can see, but there's so many other things inside of me. And so this is what he's saying. Just as each of us has one body that makes up Dudley, with many members, all the different parts, and these members do not all have the same function. So in Christ, we who are many form one body. The church of Jesus is huge. It spans all of those born-again believers that have come before us. And us that are alive today and then all of those that will come to Christ in the future. This church of God's, the whole church, is immense. It's huge. You're part of that. And we are all one body. Just as Dudley's body is one, the church is Christ's body. One. One body. That's what he's saying here. So we've got no room for finding, for criticizing and attacking people. Anyway, that's not what I'm here to preach about. But he says, and each member goes on, he says, we form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. You who are listening to me, if you're born again, you belong to me and I belong to you. We belong to one another, and together we belong to Christ. We're Christ's. Now, I don't know about you, my wife, by marriage, belongs to me while she belongs first and foremost to God. She belongs to me and I belong to her because we're married. And you try to take what belongs to me, you try and take my wife, and you're going to see there's something about this guy, Dudley, I didn't know about him. And that's how we should be about one another. The church. His body. I hope it is like that for you. So, and each member belongs to all the others. We have different gifts. In a sense, if I can try to explain it, my fingers can do what my toes can't, but my toes can do what my fingers can't. My eyes can do what my ears can't do, and my ears can do what my eyes can't do. Every part of my body has a different function. None of them are doing exactly the same thing. Do, do you get it? This is what he's trying to say here. We have different gifts according to the grace given us. God's gifts that He imparts to us 
are grace. We don't deserve them, but He gives them to us. He just loves to give to us. If a man's gift is prophesying, let him use it. Now, that little word, let him use, is mentioned a few times through here. These few verses. Let's have a look at that together. You see, it's not enough to get, but to use. What you don't use, you abuse. In your church, the church you, you're part of, if you're, you're one of the heroes, you're not allowed to, you're not one of the leaders in the church for sake, for argument's sake. There's still stuff you can do. If you can't do it in and through your church, you can get out there and do it. Because what you don't use, you lose. Now, I'm not advocating rebellion. I'm not asking you to go out there and do things that the church would be unhappy with where you belong. But while you sit there saying the church needs to provide these opportunities for me, you'll never get anywhere. You'll lose it. When people have tried to stop me from being what I want, that God has called me to be in their church, God just opens other ways. And I've got to do it when He opens doors. He says, Behold, I've set before you an open door. No man can shut it. So, if, he's, if a man's gift is prophesying, let him use it in proportion to his faith. Let him use it. If it is serving, let him serve. Let him. We've got to use. If it's teaching, let him teach. If it's encouraging, let him encourage. Now let me stop for a moment and say, most every one of us has the gift of encouragement. Some have it, like the Barnabas type. But all of us have the ability under God to encourage people, to see discouraged people and to encourage them to come into a meeting on a Sunday or a Wednesday or whatever it is. And when you see somebody discouraged, go up and let them know you love them. Don't go there and get spiritual. Just encourage them. Hey man, glad to see you. Love you. Going to be praying for you through the week. You don't even have to be asking them all sorts of questions, trying to pry. Just encourage. If it's serving, serve them. Every one of us can serve. You can serve Christ by getting involved in things that need cleaning up and whatever else may be in the life of the church. But if it's encouraging, let him encourage. If it is contributing to the needs of others. Now that's not only money. You can bake cakes, cook a meal for people who are in need, even in the life of the church and through the life of the church beyond that. If it is contributing to the needs of others, let him give generously. And if it's leadership, let him govern diligently. If it's showing mercy, and man, surely we've received so much, we can show mercy. If it's showing mercy, let him do it diligently. Well, we could go on. Preachers, don't, while I believe in being diligent in your study and your research, don't let it stop. While it's of vital importance, don't let it stop with and end there with just information. Let it become revelation. Open up your heart. Let, it, let God bring about impartation. 
something that he puts in you that stands there, a deposit of the truth that will remain with you not only for a few days but a lifetime, resulting in transformation. Preachers, you've got to be transformed by the renewing of your mind and the impartation, the impact of God and the revelation of God. If you don't get revelation, what you're imparting is just information. And if you haven't digested that information by becoming revelation, impartation, that results in participation after the transformation takes place, it's really like you serving up to your people what you bring up. I don't like to use the word. For some it's revolting, but it's like serving them spewed up food. It's not good for them. It's not healthy. It's not going to produce health, strength, vitality, productivity, fruitfulness. And listen, please, preachers, what I'm saying about participation in the body of Christ, let that happen for your own life as well. Don't be, that's what you guys should do, but I just preach. Yes, that is participating to some extent. But what God has for us as leaders is far more than an occasional preach. So, if we had a chance, and maybe I'll ask you if you'd have looked, just what I just mentioned. You see that revelation that results in these things. You'll see a prophet comes uh, in, in 1 Kings chapter 14, verses 1 through to 6. The prophet Ahijah, he's spoken something about what's going to happen to a, 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 a king. That God had chosen to do something. Read it for yourself. And so this, this king says, well, tis his wife, dress yourself up, go to the prophet and try to find out. Don't let him know that you're married to me. But as she's approaching it, the Spirit of God gives him revelation. And he says to her, before she can even come there to deceive him, he says, I know why you're here. I know who you are. And this is what's going to happen to you, to Ahijah, to, the, uh, to this man, this king, sorry. Look in Acts chapter, Acts, I think it's Acts, around about Acts 5 or something, and in Isis and Sapphira, the Spirit of God showed the apostles, revealed it to them, this revelation that they knew these men were lying. This man and woman were lying. Before they, even while they tried to tell lie, they knew by revelation. Nathan the prophet with Dan, David, King David, when he had sinned against Uriah and which sinned with Bathsheba. Nathan goes, because God showed him. And you heard the word of God is full of that. That's what God wants for us as preachers. I've known of times where people have come and sat in front of me saying, I, want, I need to hear from you, help me. And it's like God has just shown me, this, this is what they're saying to me is their problem, isn't their problem. And I've just been honest with them and said, you know, this is what God's shown me. What does this mean to you? And it's like, wow, only God could have shown you that. That's what I'm talking about. That all of us, 
begin to live like that. I wish we had more time. But I'm going to pray for you. And I thank God for the privilege I have of having to be able to share this with you. I'm hoping that it really is valuable and it will be, become a part of your life from today onward. Father, thank you. You don't have favorites. You want to give to all of us, every person that knows you, all of this that we're talking about. It's in your heart to do so. And I'm asking in Jesus' name, make the soil in every one of us that's listening, good soil, that we would come and present ourselves to you and say, Lord, this whole body, lock, stock and barrel, I present it to you as good soil, a hundredfold, please, in the fruitfulness. And may this that you do for me as I'm praying with Dudley, may it become truth and reality in my involvement in and through the body of Christ to disciple the nations and do all that you've called the church to do and be. I'm asking it for all of these people, including myself, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen.